This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management, and thanks for dialing in to this 3 and 5 podcast. Today, I'm with Brett Pacific, who is a senior managing director and head of SLC's derivative and quantitative strategies. Brett's been with SLC and Sun Life for a lot of years. Brett, thanks for taking a few minutes. Hey, Steve. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So I want to talk about something that I find really interesting that you and your team developed, and it's a product that we run for some of our clients. We call it DRP or defensive risk premia. And before we jump into that specific product, could you talk about these types of strategies in general and what institutional clients are trying to achieve when they invest in a, in a strategy like our DRP strategy? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. So the genesis of DRP in this broader category of these overlay strategies really has to do with managing portfolio risk at the macro level. Given that more and more portfolio managers are thinking about risk in terms of factors and how they interact within the portfolio, we were looking for an opportunity to add a strategy that we could overlay uh, for clients that would help kind of manage risk, in particular, tail risk. A lot of clients coming out of the financial crisis realize that the uh, the risk in their portfolios wasn't really stationary and that you know during times of economic stress they would really see risk bubbling up from different parts of their portfolio that they did, really didn't recognize in the past so for us you know after the crisis we really rolled up our sleeves not thinking about that and start thinking about tail risk in shaping the distribution of risk in the portfolios and that's how we came about thinking about okay how does volatility play out during times of good times and times of stress and can we think of strategies or instruments that we could embed within our portfolios to help pay off? And I know that there are a number of different ways that different asset managers approach this problem, and they use different types of models, et cetera. And we have our own unique models. So can you talk a bit about, about how we approach it? How does our model work? And Brett, don't give away the secret sauce. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do my best not to, not to do that. Um, so for us, we're, we're looking for uh, a rebalancing mechanism within our portfolios, something that we could add to the portfolio during times of stress to help manage the overall portfolio volatility and risk. Generally, a lot of other portfolio managers will look, think about, okay, what type of assets have low volatility or maybe negative correlation during times of stress? And a lot of times you think about U.S. Treasury market. Why? Because the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency in the world. During times of economic stress, people look for liquidity and they look for U.S. Treasuries. And we agree with that logic. And so for us, we thought, okay, well, let's try to embed more treasury risk within our portfolios, but how can we do that in an optimal way? So again, we, we really rolled up our sleeves. So I think about what you, how does risk evolve during risk-off events? And what we really thought about were two things, where it was this flight to quality mechanism in the marketplace, where portfolio managers are de-risking their portfolios. You know, they're selling risky assets, they're buying less risk assets. You know, they're selling, generally, they're selling equities and they're buying U.S. treasuries. And we thought, okay, how, how can we do that? That coupled with, there's a liquidity risk premium as well. When you think about it, during times of stress, people are searching for liquidity in their portfolios. They're trying to sell things that are fairly liquid and try to get into cash. And so our model and our research is based upon those two things. And so we looked to be able to monitor and examine volatility in different parts of the market and when we see volatility bubbling up, and then we'll move into less risk assets. For us, our riskless asset is U.S. Treasury futures. So our strategy is during times of stress, 
we will add treasury futures to our portfolio as a rebalancing mechanism for the overall risk portfolio. And the way we do this is we look at a basket of indicators that we think is a good representation of the volatility across capital markets. So we'll look at things such as equity volatility in the US and in Europe, or we'll look at maybe credit spreads, maybe high yield or or investment grade, or even commodities. We'll say look at maybe oil volatility in, in currencies. And we'll look for changes in the volatility profile of these indices. And when we see enough stress in these indices, then our models always have to pay attention and think this could potentially be a risk-off environment. This has been an interesting period since the beginning of the year. We've had very high inflation readings due, I think, largely to supply chains around the world. We've had, it seems like we're in a period of rising rates. The 10-year treasuries pushed up over 2% and is up about 50 basis points year to date. The S&P has been volatile and is down 7% or so year to date. And I know these models should be evaluated and judged over long periods of time. But in this short period of year-to-date period, this last month and a half, what has our model shown? What have we done as a result of the signals giving off? Yeah, it's telling us a couple things. One, clearly, we're in a higher risk state environment than we were in the past. We're seeing that in a number of markets, certainly equities. Uh, we're starting to see it more in commodities, obviously, and in currencies. Different currencies starting to see higher volatility there. So we feel we're in a higher risk state environment, absolutely. But also what our model is telling us, too, is that the rebalancing mechanism of that flight to quality into treasuries really isn't there. The way we think about this is inflation. What's the inflation threat in the current environment? If so, is it high enough, then maybe the rebalancing mechanism shouldn't be U.S. treasuries. So in our strategy, we have an inflation filter that looks for stress, looks for inflation in markets. It doesn't necessarily monitor inflation, but things that are impacted by inflation. And what our model has been telling us since the beginning of the year, that the markets are very concerned about inflation. And we're seeing that not just here in the U.S. and in Canada, we're also seeing Europe and Asia. And so our models have actually been off, even though we've been in this high volatile market environment because of the inflation fear that we've seen since the beginning of January. Interesting. Well, of course, you and I have talked about this model a lot. It's, it's fascinating, and we could spend an hour talking about this, but we, we are going to try to keep this to the five minutes that we try to separate these, but it's a fascinating <laughs> topic. Let me end by asking you a question that has nothing to do with this DRP product, and that is, I know that you, like a lot of people these days, like uh, podcasts and listen to a lot of different podcasts. Any recommendations for our listeners in, in terms of a podcast or two that you particularly uh, find interesting? Oh, see, that's a good question. You are correct. I do like podcasts. The one that I've been really focusing on recently is produced by the BBC Radio. It's called In Our Time History. And what's really interesting is each week they produce a new segment on different periods of time that that are interesting to the people in the UK. And so they might say way back in time, think about from the very beginning about maybe literature in Gilgamesh and how that book impacted future writers over time, or maybe it's very local, it's about the 30-year war and how they impacted current political thinking in the UK. I find that all really fascinating. It's a bit geeky, but very interesting. Well, I, I have listened to one of those episodes. I agree with you. They're, they're pretty fascinating. So I'll have to clue into more of those. So Brett, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into this DRP product and, and also for the podcast recommendation. Thank you, Steve. Okay, and thanks everybody for listening to this episode of 3 and 5.